by nature, I would downplay myself. By nature, that is how I am. Um, and it's because I just don't talk about, I don't think I talk about how great I am. In My Head with Jay Blessed is a transparent look into the life and mind of a Caribbean woman having human experiences. Get into my mind as I share my most vulnerable thoughts and honest experiences. I'll take you on a roller coaster of emotions as you get to know someone who might share similar experiences with you. Some might make you speechless, you'll definitely laugh. Others might make you angry and some might even make you cry. But my very real, very raw, very relatable weekly podcast will always keep you coming back for more. Join me as I talk to myself, talk to you, and even talk to some special friends in my head. (laughs) In my head is an introspective look from a voyeuristic point of view. For a list of all my social channels and how you can connect with me, please view this episode's summary. To join in on the conversation, use the hashtag headwithjb. That's H-E-A-D. W-I-T-H-J-B. And follow me on Instagram at RealJBlessed and Twitter at JBlessed. Let's get in on the conversation together. Don't forget to log on to my official website, JBlessed.com. A human experience from a Caribbean perspective. Episode 48. Caribbean content creation with Ita Foods, Quincy Ross. In my head. Hey fam. Hey fam. Hey Jaybirds. How are you feeling? Um, me. How am I feeling? I'm feeling kind of better. You know, I'm feeling better. I ain't gonna lie. It's been tough. You know, we're into month four of lockdown and though New York is in reopening phases um, for many of us who reside in New York there's nothing normal about this and a lot of people are not back to work Um, so that does have an effect on you especially if you are not back to work you're not getting unemployment you have rent to pay mortgage to pay bills to pay food to buy um yeah, don't get it twisted. You know, time is passing, but things are still the same for many people in regards to them not being able to sustain their life. And we're not talking about lifestyle, but just their life. You know, people have kids, people have homes that maybe for many people across the U.S., um, many homes might go into foreclosure after covid You know, do you know what that feels like to, you know, buy your first home and be excited about that? And a major global pandemic happens and you are not able to sustain your mortgage and you have to choose between food or your house. Right. Like this is real life shit. And so a lot of people are going to come out of this no longer owning a business. And I'm being very real with you. The hardest hit industry is the restaurant industry. And for a lot of Caribbean people, they pride themselves in opening, you know, takeout restaurants, you know, opening barbershops, hair salons. I mean, I think hair salons might probably still exist because there's something about a woman finding money to do she here. But that's neither here nor there. (laughs) But on a really serious note, though, there are a lot of people who will shudder for good or for a few years, or may take years to recover. And so for those of you who are working, who not just essential workers, or but those who are part of a reopening phase and have gone back to work, I want you to just sit for a moment, listen to my voice, and see how truly blessed you are to be able to generate income, to be able to actually whether you're working for someone or working for the, for yourself. That's a blessing, right? Um, so shout out to everyone who's still in the struggle. 
it ain't easy and I know this because I'm living it. You know, you know, I don't sugarcoat shit. I'm very much very real, very raw, very relatable. I just wanted to make sure that you know that um, I am with you. I feel your energy. A lot of us are, you know, have gotten better now, four months in, in masking the struggle that we're really in, you know. We're using social media as a tool to present the image as we always have done. But now, so more than ever, to let people know that either we're genuinely good or that we faking it to make it, you know. And I literally deactivated all my social accounts. And I ain't gonna lie, because I did it. You know why? Because I needed a break. I literally felt like I was at the wit's end of just emotional overload, but I am so grateful for taking time. So I encourage you, whether you are a creative or not, as long as you're alive, one, I always encourage you to go into therapy. It's essential. You use your brain every day. You use your heart every day. You use your emotions every day, but also to take a break. For me, taking a break and deactivating all my social accounts was my form of protest you know, that I have to also take care of myself before I could take care of you and come on here and record an episode and make you feel good or give you something to think about. I had to take care of myself. And this is what I preach. Um, but let's get to some lighter stuff. I have an amazing guest on today's episode, but I just wanted to give all your update. And by the way, um, this is episode 48. You got two more episodes before we go on a kind of short hiatus. Please make sure that you are following, though, the Head with JB page. It's at H-E-A-D-W-I-T-H-J-B, Head with JB. That's the official Instagram page for In My Head with J Blessed. Episode 49 is coming up soon. Episode 50 will be in August, the first week in August. And you know what? That, that one right there, you want to make sure you're listening because in... August, we talk about Will, Jada, and August, and my entanglements. But anyway, let's go into episode 48. You're going to really like this one. Arguably one of the most creative minds and respected food influencers out of Trinidad, Quincy D. Ross, also known as Cutie Ross, is known as the facilitator of limes, laughter, lunch, and loveliness. Co-founder of the company Capacity, founder of the food blog Chew Dat, and one of the stars of the globally recognized Trambagonian food blog Eta Food, QD is a well-known creative director and has created and executed brand concepts at the top agencies in Trinidad and Tobago for major local, regional, and international companies like Nestle, Guinness, First Citizens, Republic Bank, Flow, and more. QD has also created produced, co-produced, innovative projects such as the 411 Entertainment Magazine, Maxi Money TV Game Show, Two Dats YouTube Show Ride Along, and the acclaimed Eta Food Blog. In my head. Alright, in my head fam, Jay Birds, I want you to welcome to the podcast none other than Mr. Quincy Ross. Big up yourself! Hi, Quincy. Boom, 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 boom. boom. What's up? What's up? <laughs> How are you really feeling? I am fair to find a few scattered showers. Chances are rain sometime, but we deal with that when it reach. Yo, I swear to God, that is such a Trinidadian response. <laughs> it is. It is really Trinidadian. How yeah. is it in Trinidad right now? Um, weather-wise. I mean, just energy-wise. Energy, well, I mean, elections and thing in the air. So there's that um, <clears throat> elections energy, you know. Everybody's starting the campaign and that kind of scene. Um, music trucks on the road, you know. So it have that general something is going on type energy. You know, that's, that's how the place is, that's the climate. And, well, of course, um, the added tension of the global pandemic, you know. And as you it's say, a, it's a different kind of time. As you say, global pandemic, you hear the sounds of New York with the sirens on my end. I'm sure I'm gonna hear a music <laughs> truck before the yeah. before this interview is done. <laughs> um, 
We're going to cover a lot of things you just mentioned, but I want to especially thank you, Badawi, Ronaldo, the whole Eat a Food team for inviting yours truly to all your recent palawas. You understand? Big up Chef Barry, big up Chris from um, Caribbean Pots for that Eat a Food live series. That was dope, yo. Palawas, you know? Pilawas, never forget Pilawas. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate you for that. Yo, food is not only part of your cultural identity, but your personal identity. Why have you it chosen is. to make food such a major star in your life? Hmm. Well, it's twofold. The, the whole cooking thing was something that happened... Um, between me and my father, that, that's where it started. Um, so it's part of my life in that I cook, you know, even before taking a tar blog, I used to cook. And um, it's something that, that if we lime in, you know, well, in Trinidad and Tobago, and we lime in the real way, it means we have having drinks, we have having something to eat. Um, we still from that school where you try to bubble your thing for yourself, you know, so you pull a pot and you make a pillow if you're liming, you know. Um, yeah, that, that's, that's where the whole scene started. And my, my aim was really to take something that I love and make it into work, more or less. So it was an easy choice to select food and try to explore the possibilities that food could bring to the table with regards to creating content. You know, um, apart from that, as, as I say, food is part of our culture, a huge part of our culture. So, you know, it was an easy um, a easy thing to see that you know, it was lucrative. It was a lucrative, a lucrative topic around which to center content. And around what That's time did you really get into, like, food blogging? Because there was a major, like, transition globally in terms of, like, attention being paid to food. There were a lot of food blogs popping up there were a lot of food shows there were a, a lot of chef shows you know around what year did you really delve into you know what i really love food so much i'm really passionate about it i want to write about it well early 2000s um Bedawi and myself along with another partner mckessie cyrus uh, we were doing a blog called critical analysis and that blog was really that's our perspectives on the world you know and you know, how we feel about things. Um, during that time, we used to be on Trini scene a lot. And we actually used to promote our blog via old school social media marketing. <laughs> um, the, the manual way, like just going in and setting up setting up a thread and talking about what we're going to talk about and that kind of scene. And one day, somebody asked about a friend of mine, a, a, a male dude, <laughs> um, asked about a macaroni pie, how to make a macaroni pie. I thought it was cool to set up a, a thread and talk about it, I call it, bring it to the table. Mm. And that's where I started seeing the possibilities of like writing and talking about food. And that kind of led into taking, bring it to the table into a blog site. Um, we started that, um, Dari, Dari took it to eat our food. And that started around like 2008 is when it officially became Eat Our Food, the blog. All right. So yeah. there's a whole natural yeah. evolution of growth yeah. here, right? Yeah. Now, I hear your <laughs> big party happening outside right now. So who yeah, truck is that passing? Is UNC, PNM? No, who, who outside? <laughs> not too sure. Not too sure. That That is actually... I'm a good distance away from that. This is a large music truck, like... Similar to what you see during carnival time. Wow. Out on the road right now. Wow. Yeah, a big hell of a... Political big, rally. Probably more than one, too. Yeah, political rally in the area. This might be PNM, actually. I think PNM was supposed to pass today. All right. We're going to get to that. You know, we have a... We, we've never met, um, but we have a lot in common. We are both from Mova. We both yep, attended yep, yep. the University of All Primary Schools. Big up, Paul, yourself, Mova, Anglican. <laughs> your mom was... school. Yes, your mom was actually a teacher at Mova, Anglican. So shout out to Ms. Yes, Ross. Um, yes, 
Just a little background, you know, because Mova has been in the news globally, actually. For those who don't know anything about this village, Mova is located in the southern foothills of the northern range of Trinidad. And according to Wiki, it is, you know, because Wiki is everything, um, it is bordered. <laughs> it is bordered by the Lady Young Road on the north and penetrates the communities of Monripo on the northeast, Barataria on the east, and Laventil on the, on the southwest, and Belmont on the west. So that's yep. our little village. Um, recently, another MOVA uprising happened, stemming from the murders of three men by local armed forces. What makes this uprising different? Um, you know what? The timing, to be real honest, the timing, because this is not the, the issue with policing is something that has been a problem for quite some time. Um, and, and we have been dealing with it. Um, there have been a number of um, deaths and things by the police and at the hands of the police that were questionable over the years. This one, the, the timing of this one is what makes it different because it happened in the, well, number one in the COVID space, so people are already tense. Um, but also the whole Black Lives Matter um, movement and, and things are happening in the United States kind of triggered, sparked something here as well. So we kind of in a heightened state of uh, wanting to speak out about things, uh, wanting to be, wanting to, you know, get justice and that kind of see as a people like right, globally, we kind of tapped into that struggle. And yeah, it, it, the microscope big time now. Um, a lot of it also is with the technology of the day. Right now we are at a time where, um, <clears throat> and with the period too, it, with people having a lot of time on their hands, um, there's a lot of documentation. So like that actual event, there was documentation like unlike any other case, you know, the, the whole video in that documented the whole thing. So, you know, social media coupled with that it shared and people got passionate and involved in it. I saw a video of Mova Junction when right. residents just started pulling things into the street to block off the Eastern Main Road. And mm -hmm. as someone who lived and grew up in Mova, I also lived and grew up in Sama. Watching that video, there was an energy that permeated through mm -hmm. cyberspace for me. And I felt the anger and I looked at it and I was like, this feels different. This feels mm. very different. And that kind of anger, you know, you know, this is a mental health focused podcast. And I've mentioned before and I'll say it again. One of, one of the best things one of my therapists said to me is that anger is a secondary emotion. Right. You know, yeah. why are the people in MOVA angry? You know, Why? So can you answer that? Why are they angry? I, well, I can tell you my perspective. Um, and the the anger is not a new thing. Um, people have been angry because people have been marginalized for quite some time. I mean, we live in a, in a scenario where, if, if I had to draw an example, my experience looking for work after school, um, one of the things that I encountered was people telling me, um, if I, I asking if I have like a relative or somebody that I could put their address to send my resume out from, wow. you know, so that it doesn't seem over. Wow. Um, and, and people like that was that was like advice. <laughs> that was advice to apply for jobs. You know, that's what we're talking about. It, it, it coming from an area that when people hear you from over or they see it on an application or something automatically would judge. Yeah. You know, a lot of people automatically would judge. Um, so, yeah, talking about the years are that people will get fed up. People will be living on the edge. People will be, you know, in a volatile position always. So, yeah. Yeah, you know, juxtaposed to Black Lives Matters here in the U.S. and what's happening in MOVA, in Laventil, in parts of Port of Spain, and other predominantly black communities globally, right? Mm -hmm. From your perspective as a black man, what common threads do you see when you watch the news and you're on social and you hear your friends in America and family here, and you're living in mm -hmm. MOVA, and 
like what are the common threads you see is is it just being marginalized based on where you live or based on your skin color like from living in trinidad and seeing what's happening here what are the common threads yeah it's really the marginalization of a people right i think in the trinidadian context it is different but it's something that we could relate to um and i think well for me we had a couple black lives matter protests right um by the american embassy the first one i could relate to because that was um abeo jackson going down and saying that and she does work with, with um blm from before and that was her going down saying um, we hear you america and we standing with you kind of thing, kind of scene right versus actually saying that uh, talking to our police service and saying that they suffer from the same problem i don't think it's the same problem in our context um it's not um well it's black officers Canadian mostly in the first place so it's not like a like racism in that same manner you know but there is some stereotyping and certain other things that happening in the policing that we need to address i think what people did was they took the opportunity to say well we suffering from this kind of thing too um in our way and we kind of want to say you know stop that you know take a look at that as well so being oppressed by your own kind it's uh, vastly different right like having black cops is, coming to black communities different. where they live at and still oppressing their own people it it feels different it is different um it's an election it year it is different um, and you have UNC outside your window right now with the political ratty blasting yeah. the big speakers. And, yeah. And <laughs> tell me what's running through your mind right now, knowing that this year is an election year in Trinidad. Oh, a lot of things. Starting with that truck that going on outside, that's something that I have always been upset by. Um, as somebody that like worked on political campaigns before, um, I never saw the for that. The need for, for like having a big music truck driving around on a Sunday morning blasting music, you know? Um, I always find it that it's a, almost like a trivializing of the thing. Like why fet and party and, and jump up and soca to come into everything? Well, like because the city could bundle. We jamming still. And we jamming still. I, I guess so. I guess so. <laughs> but, like, I don't want to hear this, though. I want to hear what your policies are. I want to hear your manifesto. Right. You know, this this, this for me is like audio litter, you know? Mm. It, it's just noise are happening on a Sunday morning, disturbing people. I'm pretty sure nobody that inside our homes now um, taking that on or that swaying our vote or making somebody say, I want to vote for this party that's driving around here now. Right, noise pollution. So I, I don't know why. And and that kind of extends to a lot of what happens during the campaigning. Where's a lot of fluff at the end of the day? It's really a lot of fluff. What people voting on in China Tobago, I don't know. Honestly, I don't know. Um, a lot of times the, the conversation is more about getting somebody out than getting somebody good in. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it's a bit frustrating for me. to be. If I had to be honest, I am frustrated by it because I want the place to be better. I don't want, um, I, I never wanted to contribute to like the brain drain. I wanted to stay here and give to my country. But mm-hmm. then if you're making it difficult for me to give, and every time maybe having an election and doing the same things and I hear the same things, then it's not really encouraging mm. at all. You know? Brain drain. So that's, yeah, that that's that's what I mostly when the election come around, that is the sentiment with me. Like why are they doing with this? It's torture. Yeah. In a country where Ian Allen has one of the highest rated television shows, I really, I mean, like... <laughs> for, for a while. <laughs> for a while. Yeah, that that, that, that shit is not even funny, though. That That is no, so disgustingly depressing. And just, mm. like, I, I, I have been very vocal about that. I'm like, 
why is does this man have a television show? So to hear that, you know, still to this day in 2020, we still have in political rallies, especially in a COVID season. But you're not really talking about the policy changes that you're going to be making. You're not giving your political, you know, you're not giving your manifesto as to, okay, these are the things that we have identified in the communities that need to be fixed. And this is how we have challenged ourselves to fix it. Everything is a joke. Everything is a fet. Everything is just like, you know, we talk about it today and we forget about it tomorrow. But you mentioned brain drain. And I thought that was really, really powerful because... You've chosen to stay home, just in that sentence. And I'm sure you've had many opportunities, just like you have family that reside around the globe. You've chosen to stay home and give back to your community, to your country, your talents. You have a vested interest in staying planted and um, using your talents here. Yeah. Has has that changed? Do you, do you you ready to write out yet, or you you still invested? <laughs> um, I um I um I live on defense. I continuously live on defense, and it's because nothing has changed in I mean all the years. Um, what are you looking for to change felt, to make uh, you stay? Well, a lot of things, a lot of things, and and I can't answer that in one soup because. There are a lot of things that have to change. I mean, I could just randomly pull and talk about the banking system that doesn't allow for local people to access things like PayPal and that kind of scene. It's difficult to set up like e-commerce and that sort of thing, right? Difficult and very expensive to set up e-commerce. And that's why working in, I work in online, you know? And it's difficult to, like, blossom ideas that truly could allow consumers to operate and, and access products in a, in a way that is efficient and up-to-date and up-to-the-times when e-commerce doesn't work, <laughs> you know, when e-commerce is difficult to set up. And things like that could be addressed, and this is not political, eh? as I realize, but things like that could be addressed if people put the right amount of thought, effort, and work into getting things right and if they're motivated by the right things. There are a lot of theories why um, the banks were so slow to adopt e-commerce stuff. Um, plenty of theories, a lot of them embedded in, you know, it, it, it's more profitable for them not to, <laughs> for a number of reasons. Um, what are some of those reasons? Yeah, at the end of the... Um, people profiting from things. Um, I guess the, the easiest one to talk about might be in terms of um, certain companies maintaining the market share that they have. Right. As simple as that, you know. Um, part of least resistance. So you have all them kind of things going on. Um, and other factors that make Trinidad and Tobago not a merit-based um, place to operate in as in is not really the best man for the job, is probably the most connected person for the job and connected not uh, no, by any merit or value or merit, thing like that. Mm-hmm. So it's hard to, to operate in a, in a landscape where 90% of the time a breakthrough will be difficult simply because of who we are, as I seen. Wow. There was a big back in Albany. <laughs> there was a big bacchanal that happened online and we talk in politics we talk in payment we talk in you know respecting creative I know minds where, I, I know where you're going there right 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 right, 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 right. <laughs> so there was a big bacchanal online where the nationwide organization of we the people aka now a political party posted some legal documents they received from an attorney that is representing some creative minds that I would not say that the creative minds also include Quincy Ross. Um, but right. <laughs> hearing that, you know, sometimes you're stifled in getting certain creative opportunities that when you do get some of those creative opportunities, you are then disrespected when these entities that have hired you for your brilliance choose 
not to pay you, recompense you for your time, your creativity, your intellectual property. I'm going to ask about no. I'm going to ask about that particular issue. But I think it's an overarching um, conversation that needs to be had with creatives. And I want to zoom in on Caribbean creatives living in the islands and who are geniuses at what they do like yourself. How do you navigate, you know, dealing with clients, organizations, entities that refuse to or delay your payments? And how do you as a, a creative, like, how, how do you manage that kind of disrespect? Because it's disrespectful. You know, as a, as a fellow creative, I could say it's disrespectful. Well, we manage that with a lot of alcohol. <laughs> Yo! <laughs> Because it is frustrating. <laughs> okay, what well, what are we drinking though? What are we drinking? <laughs> we drink white oak. <laughs> white oak best cure all your problems. <laughs> all your problems. Hey, you can find white oak contract after this. <laughs> I love it. Oh, I get this contract. Anyone that comes, drink that. Yeah. <laughs> but um, and the thing is, it is common. It's a common thing that um, creatives get trouble to get money um there was a scene with um we had a curry festa just the other day and a lot of the nation's creatives were hired which we were glad about but a lot of the nation's creatives took up like a while like months before they got their monies you know um yeah um and i have to say the the problem is or i should say the situation is a lot of the times you're getting for a job um, you will send a proposal and uh, you, you do a proposal in the, in the general sense of a proposal. This is what the job costs, you know, that's how much you need to pay. You assume that everything will be, and you try to include as many details as possible, you know, uh, uh, we expect payment when we finish or we need 50% down or whatever, whatever. And a lot of people cool to agree at the start because they want to get it done. And um, as many creators will know, we always working at a deadline. There's always never enough time. It's always tight. So in the interest of getting your job done, you jump into things without, like, long negotiations or, you know, preparing extra documents and extra things for people to sign to make sure that, you know, you have stuff that legally you can take some action and that. And you end up in a monkey pants plenty of times because after they agree and you do the work, the work already done, you know. Um, and like getting payment for finished work is like tip of the iceberg. When I say so, like problems, those problems, you still have problems like when somebody asks for for work, you will do work, you'll submit it, and then they decide, well, I don't like this, and you're just up a creek with work that you do, time that you spend, and nothing for it. And you know, people will say, "Well, if you do a job and 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 it, it it doesn't hit the mark, then you shouldn't get paid." And that's not really so. That's not if fair. You understand how Definitely creative, not. Yeah, how creators work. Right. Because what you get from it, what the client will get from it, and people do <laughs> not getting what you or, or establishing what they don't want is also part of moving forward. So if I send something to you and it's not what you want, well, we know we don't want that, right? So then, never do something else. You know, give them a proper brief. Again, but also we suffer. Pay Sorry. me for my time. Since I've also listened to the client, <laughs> you know, arduously working on this particular project, then respect me enough to either one pay me for my time or two give me the direction because now we know what you don't want. So let's fine-tune what you really want. Because now you're going to take my intellectual property, present it to somebody else who probably might mimic my work, and I don't get paid for yeah. this? Yeah. And and also, you see, again, the, the, the problem is so multifaceted because what you're talking about is the root of plenty times um, some sort of discord. You'd start work, and again... Um, because you want to get it done, we'll do the extra, right? So we'll start on jobs without a proper brief. You know, somebody does tell you something off at the top of the head or what they feel, and it's not like real hard data that they could crunch 
and come up with a proper solution. But you as a creative, even though you know that, that they could run into some problems, we always think like we're superheroes now because a creative is a problem solver. So the first problem that you'll see is, okay, this client is lacking a brief, right? And you'll try to make one. Just recently, as in a scenario where I try to create a brief for the client, right? Um, and that's a, something that is difficult to do because you're not actually in the client's head. So you're trying to do things to extract the info while getting info for you to work. And, you know, it's, it's, it's craziness going on. So, like, it stems from all there. And then, um, <laughs> like... <laughs> Yo, every time, I, every time I guess this in my head, I can't help but say, I'm sure some of my listeners, I'm sure the Jaybirds be like, in my... In my <laughs> But it's big facts. Yeah. It's it's big facts that, you know, yeah. being a creative, yeah. you know, people see the glamorized life of a creative, right? And there are very few, a very, very small percentage of creatives who are making money that is representative of their, what they would consider their worth, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Is it hard finding people to buy into your original content? It comes with some degree of difficulty, yes. Um, I also want that champions for the client in that I do ever come from the perspective of the client as, you know, silly or dumb or anything like that. And I, I try to explain a lot of times that communication is not necessarily simply presenting the truth. You know, it's communication is packaging the truth in a way that it can impact on the audience that you're trying to target. And it's a science. There are certain ways to do it. So you don't just come and tell somebody, look, um, this this product could work for your full stuff because X, Y, Z, so, 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 so. You know, we're in a time that if a client would make uh, or a consumer making a decision based on functional info, you could go online and Google stuff and get that. Our job is not to generate functional info. It's to connect with people on an emotional level mostly and change the behavior towards a, a, a um a product or a service. Um, to do that, you need to give us the respect that we are communicators and we create in communication. But then that ties back into a much deeper issue, which is a global one, I, would, I wouldn't deny, where people just don't respect the arts. You know, they don't respect what a creative individual is. They don't, we don't story to respect it, you know, globally. So, yeah, that, that, that kind of ties into everything. You know, piggybacking off of of the hardships that creatives already deal with on a global level, right now, globally, we are all affected by COVID-19. So how has that affected you, your work, and your creativity? Oh, well, that shut down (laughs) most of my work, Um, at least the the work that I was real passionate about and interested in had to pause. That was difficult, but um, again, as professionalized things that they learn to, to deal with and, and cope with. Um, for example, I was doing a series on Chudat called Ride Along. Um, and Chudat was where we now starting the, the web entity and now putting out the type of content that we want. So it's like a testing phase. Um, but the, the thing that we were doing was Ride Along. And um, that entails me picking up somebody of interest and having an interview on the way to a food event or a restaurant, that sort of thing. With COVID, where uh, social distancing, one, there's a problem because you're in a vehicle with somebody, <laughs> and two, you're going to spaces that were closed down, restaurants get shut down. Um, so I had nowhere to go and no way to actually have the interview in that context. So you had to kind of rest that. Um, I use the period to kind of regroup and push forward some ideas um, and started some new stuff, that kind of thing. Um, collaborating at Eater Food to do the table to the four and things like that. Um, but yeah, it was difficult because it meant a, a lack of income um, for things that we, we started. I'm going to switch gears. Um, but before I do, have you ever found yourself downplaying your greatness to make other people comfortable, like dimming your light so other people can shine? Like me, honestly. <laughs> well, 
how has caring for your elderly parents affected your relationship with them and also affected your mental health? Ooh, you're getting deep on me here. Listen, now, let's do a thing, you know, let's do a short mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 you know, these kind of things. <laughs> Yo, somebody say, who good? Quincy, go ask that question, boy. I will get through with this one, so answer it. Come on, let's let's bring yeah, some yeah, yeah. humanness to this. Um, that 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 is a good question. That is actually a question that I think I would enjoy answering because it dealing with my pops was hard um, because he he had cancer, so it was a series of um, doctor visits um, by the eye doctors, you know that kind of scene, um, a number of different specialists and thing um, back and forth with him more than anything else. Um, even seeing about him at home, uh, that that was a little taxing and of course affected the amount of time that I had to put into work. Mm. But I could tell you, one of the most fulfilling times of my life because I had a great relationship with my parents. I'm thankful to them that they did what they did to make me who I am today. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, they provided... And when they hear the stories, you know, they, they do what they had to do to provide for our boy. <laughs> so, and you are I an only, only child. Glad. I am our only child. Yeah. Mm. The only one that survived, actually. They try, but the only one that was dread enough to come through that. <laughs> but um, it was a joy. It was a real joy to be able to see about my father. Um, I, I was all I was joking with people and you know telling them, well, lazy man, you know, if he say jump, he do have to tell me how high. I don't know why to jump already. Mm-hmm. You think? Um, and same thing for my mom. Anything that they need, I there for them. So if it if it meant that I had to like find make money some other way and change my entire career, I'd do that for my father while he was alive. That'd be no problem. Um, it was great. It was great. I enjoyed it. I cherished the moment. I was glad that I was able to be in a position that I could have been there in that kind of way, you know, as frequent as I was and as much as I was involved in the entire thing. Do you think that has yeah. also affected whether or not you leave or stay in Trinidad? Greatly, greatly. When my pops got ill, um, to the point where he couldn't like play music again, uh, I realized it was serious. That was the end of any kind of consideration for me flying out because it would mean that I have to be there to assist him and my mom. And then, I mean, it was I knew from quite early, which why, which is why um, his passing was a little easier for me to deal with because I was prepared for it from quite some time. Um, listening to what the doctors were saying. Uh, and I had an aunt that partially same thing with cancer. I kind of knew how it was going when it when it was that advanced. So from the time that happened, I kind of stopped thinking about leaving at least any time in the near future. Right. You know. Yeah. Well, we salute you, and we honor you for honoring your parents. I know your mom is still very much alive and kicking and doing her thing. Um, but our parents age, you know, and yeah. death is is part of life. Um, yeah. But I got to ask you what many men oftentimes ask women, right? You know, you're educated. You know, you take care of your parents and saying, yeah, good hearts. You know, you own your own house. You could cook. You could cook, boy. We could put you in house, right? Why are you still single, boy? <laughs> uh, wow, I gotta talk about this, yes. Um, it, it didn't, the quick answer is it didn't work out. Got it. Times before. Um, I was four. And I'm thankful to all the the wonderful women that I had the pleasure of being in relationships with. I think they're all wonderful. I still talk to most of them, well, all of them actually. Um, hopefully, 
None of them think I'm a complete idiot. <laughs> Hopefully, <laughs> I, I try my best, but then work out um, incompatibility and so on. And um, I know right now is just you know uh, kind of talking to people, you know, kind of trying to foster things. And um, I, I guess we'll see, we'll see. But it, it just wasn't any cards from any time before. Just didn't work out. Listen, that, that's what I say. Listen, ladies, um, American ladies, if you're looking for someone to get a green card to, wow. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, what you call it? Uh, uh, what is normally call it? Uh, a male bride. This is a male groom type of situation. You could male. We could male this groom. Bro, I'm gonna tell you, I like hardwood floors and gas. <laughs> that shit is funny. I, I care about you, yo. <laughs> tell me five things though that you must have in your kitchen. So we love to talk food. I need to talk about food all day long, but five things you must have in your kitchen. Garlic. Mm-hmm. Garlic for sure. Mm-hmm. Shadow Benny for sure. Mm-hmm. For sure. Must have them things. Um, are we talking ingredients or are we talking... Ingredients. Ingredients. Ingredients, right. Garlic, Shadow Benny. Um, I like to have oil, olive oil, because it's making me versatile, right? Thing. Um, I could call a category of things because mm-hmm. I want to say spices. I don't mm-hmm. want to single out any particular spice. Got it. Spices, that is, that is where it's at. Grind your own spice, make your own curry, that kind of thing. Right. Yeah. So you say garlic? Shadow belly. Shadow belly, olive oil, oil spices. Olive oil, One spices. More. And... What is the other thing? Well, I mean, as long as I had them, things are good to go, you know and bring in anything inside there, you know. I will throw... Mm-hmm. Let me put salt. I can't say salt, even though I don't cook much with it, but it's nice to have a little tinge of salt. Can we eliminate salt? You get an extra one. <laughs> we should yeah, tell our people to like, stop putting so much salt in their food. Yeah, well, so much. Salt is not the devil, you know, the practices. All right, a facts. Okay, I, I hear that. All yeah, right, sir. Use, use your salt sparingly, and it should be good. Just a little drizzle. Just, just... Yeah, just a little drizzle. Like I mean, salt balance. Day. Life is balanced. Like salt, and As well as you don't have to use it every day. You right. You know what I mean? But, but some things you might just want to flavor up with a little salt. I, I try not to use too much. Again, um, salt and sugar was kind of on the low because my father had diabetes so we used to regulate them kind of things my mother have um, blood pressure issues so we used to regulate that um, as a whole different scene but now and again you want to drop a little tinge thing you know to flavor something mm-hmm. according to what you're doing mm-hmm. you know? what's Trinidad's obsession with wild meat I don't understand it hmm. what is the obsession apart from it tastes great <laughs> um, I wouldn't know. I've never eaten that, wild meat in my life. Okay, okay. Um, it, I it, never eat a wild meat yet. It is a, <laughs> yet. <laughs> it's an adventurous thing, I would say. Um, you have to be very careful with who you're getting your wild meat from so that... Uh, um, <laughs> That's what she said. Well, number one, observing the laws. <laughs> 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 yeah, you have to make sure you get to it. You're observing the laws, number one, because they are hunting regulations. Um, and number two, in terms of cleanliness and that, getting meat that not spoil people who's um, cleaning their meat and things properly and all that. So, yeah, you have to be careful. But I think um, we have a culture of hunters. We have people that do a lot of hunting. They go up and they you know, shoot things. What's the most exotic things. meat that you've ever eaten? Um, I will have to say, I feel it's tattoo, which is um, armadillo. Wow. Wow. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, when I reach in the realm, to be honest with you, I, it, it all kind of lumped into one for me, like Ikona, Maniku, 
Agouti, all them lap, all them kind of thing. It's just one big thing. I just have it as wild meat. And if you're doing it, you're doing it. You know, tighten your belt and go through, right? <laughs> Don't discriminate. All right. I so would say we're gonna have to it work is on freaky this. to eat. It is freaky to eat um, armadillo, I find. This thing with a shell in it is a scene. <laughs> have you ever eaten turtle? No, I have not. Thank you. Had turtle. Have you ever eaten a snake? I have not eaten a snake, even though I kind of want to eat a snake. Mountain frog, like mountain chicken frog. Mountain chicken, yes, I had, I had frog eggs. Does it really taste like chicken? It's the easiest way to describe it. I don't think it really tastes like chicken per se, but it's it's, it's close. I find. Yo, slightly Kat- sweeter, slightly gamier. Got it, gamier. Got it. Um, mm. Caribbean women who cannot cook. Oh. <laughs> Are still being stigmatized as as if they're not worthy enough of marriage. What are your thoughts on this? Uh, well, I grew up in a household that that didn't respect that, um, didn't respect that kind of thinking because my father was actually the better cook, and my father was the one that used to big special occasions like Christmas and all that kind of thing. So I grew up um, in a household where. I mean, my mother's boast that she ain't going to kitchen since 1992. Yo. <laughs> <laughs> right. Big up moms, yo. I, I want that kind of life. <laughs> yeah, she, she get through, she get through. <laughs> um, actually, there's a story. She's telling the story, so I will tell it. I guess I'll tell it to the world now. But, um, oh, she's feeling kind of bad now. Anyway, um, the first meal that, that she was cooking from her pups... Um, after they got married and thing, um, wasn't coming out too well. That's some things that burn and thing, right? And she was getting real horrors. And my pop said, well, you know, don't study that. Come, let me show you how to do it. Mm. And he brought a bubble. Oh, yeah, I love it. You know, some men would be angry and be like, you burn the chicken. You understand? Okay, I'm gonna... and listen, and we could laugh about it, but it's actually true. It's kind of abusive, right? But yeah. if you love someone you and you know better, you... You know, you help them get to that awareness of of knowing what you know by teaching them what you yeah. know, right? So shout out to pops. It, yeah, um, it's also no scene, you know, no scene. You can't cook, I could cook. Well, I could just put my hand. That's all. No scene. Wow. Cool. Yo, shout out to the men who are like that. They still exist. Big up yourself, Quincy. I'm gonna just leave it <laughs> All right, Quincy, we're going to get into some rapid-fire questions with you. All right, you have right. to choose one. Okay? Okay. We're not, we're not playing this game with you. You have to choose one. Okay? Rapid you ready? Fire. You right, ready? All right. Doubles or roti? What? Hear them go out, oh, my goodness. Roti? Yeah, but roti, roti. That one look like it hit your hand, boy. Like I feel like I feel like you're gonna have real people argue with you afterwards, boy. <laughs> Maybe, but I there's my internal battle right now. Myself arguing, myself is it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Gotta be with you. Next yeah. one: two chicken and macaroni pie or pilau. Ooh! <laughs> <laughs> you're not letting up at all. Um, pilau, pilau. Pilao. Alright, next one, next one, next one. Pilao. Sada roti or fry bake? My goodness. <laughs> <sighs> um, Sada. I win it Sada. Alright, mm. hear this one, hear this one. Jerk chicken or curry chicken? Curry chicken, easy. Chubby or solo? Oh. <laughs> um. I would say chubby because I don't deal with that soft drink life too much now. All right. The, the soda life, so I'm going chubby, the smaller one. All right. Malta or Shandy? Shandy. All right. Indica or Sativa? Indica. Primary school days or secondary school days? Ooh. You know what? I will say... Both of them was fantastic. I will take secondary school days though. Alright. Mm-hmm. Eat a food or chew that? 
eat our food. Best. Thank you so much for indulging. <laughs> In my sets up rapid fire questions. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yo, what's it's your bad, what's, Thank you. You you were great. What's your what's your heart's desires to close off 2020? Oh, I hope. I mean, I, I, I can't escape it. COVID cannot take over everything. Um, I just hope that the adjustment that we we make, well, the adjustments that we have made so far, the good ones, I hope we maintain those. Um, a lot more work from home and virtual stuff and all that. I hope we maintain that kind of thinking. Not, and, and it's unfortunate that we had to end up here because you know we couldn't do anything else. I think we should. I hope this kind of stimulates our need to innovate. Right? I hope this kind of stimulates our need to adjust and look at the things in the past that were not working so that we don't go back to normal because normal was not a lot, to be honest. Let you go to beyond normal. Yeah, I love that. Right? How, that is what I'm hoping for. How can we support you? Um, well, you could follow Eat Our Food, Table 34. Um, you could also follow through that. We'll be starting up just now with some new stuff. Um, you could also look out for, for some stuff from Capacity. Through that, of course, through that tt.com and um, through that tt on Instagram, through that on Facebook. And um, we'll be launching Capacity just now, which is the parent company of um, through that. Uh, and, um, well, not the parent company, I must say the production company of Judat and we'll be producing some other things with some other people going forward. Is there anyone you want to shout out before we go? Hmm. Wow. Melissa people are the hill real long because there are plenty <laughs> people doing things out here. Um, my whole team, I mean, from Judat, tiny, boom, big up yourself. Um, eat our food squad, Dawi, Ronaldo, um, um, the whole CI team, Chike, Brevard, Caribbean Ideas, Synapse, Boom, Giselle, big up your status because you know your status large. <laughs> and um, everybody else, you know, all my brethren, Lush Kingdom, Hackett, um, Warren Le Platte, you know, doing them things, them things, all the artists out there, all my teams. All my teams. Um. Quincy D. Ross, we are so, so grateful that you took time out of your very busy day to come on in my head and share a piece of your heart with us. Thank you so much. Oh, and well, pick up G. Bless for having Quincy Ross. Big platform, big, big, big podcast business, big nominated, awarded. <laughs> Caribbean podcast <laughs> business <laughs> large lad from your yeah. mouth to God's ears thank you so much Q thank you thank you in my Well, I hope all your laughs today because I really laugh, obviously, because you're here. It's on the podcast. Um, and shout out to the UNC truck that was passing by, the fire truck and <laughs> the sirens. Listen, I'm recording outside today. You know, give thanks. We, we're going to soak up the sun and we're going to enjoy the elements and we're still going to create content. So much love to Cutie for... Um, joining us all the way from Trinidad and sharing parts of his story and his heart and soul with us. I'm always appreciative of guests who can push themselves out of their comfort zone to share parts of their soul with an audience. Um, shout out to Q's team as well. Badawi, big up yourself. Ronaldo, big up yourself. Yo, shout out to those guys and those creatives and those ladies in the islands all over the Caribbean who are creating amazing content that the world is devouring. Like you guys are amazing. You, you're, you're little, but you're talawa. You know how we just talk that saying. And I'm so appreciative of those who want to stop the brain drain and stay home to improve their communities, to improve 
their nations to improve their culture. So much love to all the creatives in the Caribbean and beyond and those in the diaspora. Big up all yourself. Um, yeah. And so make sure you follow Eta Food. They're everywhere. YouTube, um, Facebook, Instagram. All of this information will be in this episode summary. Right. So big up yourself. Cute. True that. All of that. Like, you know, Everything you need to find out will be in this episode summary. I appreciate each and every one of you for tuning in. Don't forget, we got two more episodes before I take a little break. Episode 49 is coming real soon. Episode 50 is going to be explosive. Um, In the meantime, please make sure you share, you share, you share, you share. Um, Love goes out to Tamar Braxton, who recently allegedly uh, attempted suicide. That's deep. So make sure you check out episode 18, Pain So Real You Want to Die, where I talk about my own suicide experience. And that was recorded back in September 2019. So y'all know I've been talking about mental health from a Caribbean perspective and things that we can all relate to. So go check that out. I love each and every one of you. Thank you so, so, so very much for listening to yet another episode of In My Life.